Ignite your life with passion and purpose. Your health, your wealth, your happiness. Make it good. This is Modern Love with Dr. Brenda Way. A big thank you to Rainbow Grocery, our favorite grocery store here in the San Francisco Bay Area, for being our sponsor. Because a healthy body is a sexy body. You know what else is sexy, modern lovers? It's healthy boundaries. Where you end and I begin is what boundaries are all about. And we're going to learn about boundaries today from a very unusual person, Julie Hawkins, who is a business psychic. Hmm, a psychic talking about boundaries. So wrap your head around that for a minute. I'm excited to interview uh, Julie and find out more about how business, being a psychic, and boundaries all mix together. And her book is called How to Say No Without Guilt, so that you can set the boundaries that you need in a skillful way whether it's boundaries with a friend, a family member, that annoying person at the desk next to you, or your beloved, because we certainly know that boundaries are necessary in a healthy relationship. But first, if you live in the San Francisco Bay Area, or if you can get to the San Francisco Bay Area, please join me on February 8th for 2020 Love and Sex. Seven Proven Steps to Your Best Love, Best Sex Ever. Aha. So Proven Steps to Great Love, Great Sex. We'll have one of our wonderful, absolutely fabulous authors and sexperts with us on that day. And you'll learn more about that by going to Eventbrite right now to grab your seat. Because one thing we never talk about openly is how to create healthy love and healthy sexual expression. In fact, we still have this puritanical idea that somehow it's a no-no, don't touch yourself there, don't talk about it. That's all absolutely hurting the quality of our lives and our relationships, and we need to turn that around so that you can have your best love and best sex ever in 2020. So now let's quickly do our Ask Dr. Brenda question, and please Keep your questions coming. I love receiving them. You can send a question to any of our social media platforms, whether it's Twitter, Facebook, LinkedIn, um, Instagram. We've got them all. This one says, Dear Dr. Brenda, I'm a recently divorced single mother of two children. My ex-husband and I share custody, which has been a challenge, I can imagine, for both of us and the kids. Last week he told me he made a mistake and now he wants to reconcile our marriage. He cheated with a friend of mine, and I'm very hard-pressed to forgive him. But I have to admit, it would be easier to have him home more often. I'm confused. What should I do? Can you help? Look, help, I absolutely believe in reconciliation. However, reconciliation comes with learning better. 
When we learn better, we do better. How did you end up with cheating in your marriage in the first place? I'm not blaming you. Your husband's responsible for his own behavior. But it is important to look at the dynamics between the two of you that could have opened that door a crack, and he chose to go through it. There's clearly a need for deeper communication skills. There's clearly a need for, yes, forgiveness. Remember, lack of forgiveness is like drinking poison, expecting the other person to die. You've got to do the forgiveness and get over yourself. And I know from personal experience, having had to forgive my ex-husband, that it is very freeing to let that go and open your heart. So I would say start with some qualified marital therapy, someone who actually is qualified, not a therapist who sees couples, but a couples expert, and get to the bottom of what created the breakdown in your marriage before you consider reconciliation, or guess what? You'll be repeating the pattern. All right, now let me tell you about our guest today. Julie Hawkins is a co-author of Tapping into God, Experiencing the Spiritual Spectrum, and her new book is How to Say No Without Guilt, Six Doable Steps to Confidently Set and Communicate Boundaries. She's a certified NLP or Neuro Linguistic Programming, Hypnosis, a certified advanced Akashic Records teacher, and you'll learn more about what all of those things mean right now. Welcome to the show, Julie Hawkins. Well, hi there, Dr. Brenda. Thanks for having me. Oh, it's a pleasure. Now, let's demystify for people what NLP is, neurolinguistic programming. In in a really short sentence, NLP, neurolinguistic programming, is about the language we use to communicate inwardly and outwardly and how we how we can make that more effective with others and with how we talk to ourselves so that we can have um, a better understanding and a better life and better outcomes. Great. And I'm a huge fan of NLP because everybody who listens to this program regularly knows I'm a geek, and I started my career doing hard science studying prematurely born macaque monkeys and how they acquire visual and auditory acuity. In a word, it means understanding the brain. And NLP has everything to do with programming our own brain instead of running on the programs that we unwittingly picked up during childhood. So it's very important to understand that NLP is a powerful tool to unwind some of that. In fact, one of my mentors was very key in the founding of the NLP modality many, Mm -hmm. many years ago. So now the other thing we said about you Hmm. is you are a certified Akashic Records teacher. Break that down for people. What does Akashic Records mean? Because how you look at the world through that lens has a lot to do with setting boundaries. Well, how I started out in that was I was always psychic and I didn't know where I went or who I communicated with. And eventually I stumbled upon something called the Akashic Records, and I knew as soon as I opened up that book that that was exactly where I went. And the Akashic Records are a vast storehouse of information 
that is provided to somebody who wants to access it, who learns how to access it, and it is for each and every person. Uh, and yeah, and so this is the thing, guys, that we call the sixth sense, that you know something, you don't know how you know it, you don't know how the information came to you, but you just know that you know. And most likely you're tapping into what Julie's talking about, some version of the Akashic Record or just information that is out there energetically. We have all had those experiences, whether we know it or not, whether we like it or not, whether we acknowledge it or not. And it's okay if you're getting those flashes of insight and intuition. So, Julie, thanks for breaking that down a little bit, but I want to jump right into how you came to write a book about boundaries. <laughs> well, it. Um, I, ne- I to be perfectly honest with you, I never grew up with any kind of instruction, any kind of limits or boundaries in my own life. And so it was always a challenge for me in setting boundaries with with my daughter, with my other relationships. And after my life partner um, died very unexpectedly, I was really forced. Oh, I'm sorry. Um, thank you. I, I was forced to really address that head on, or I really felt like I wasn't going to survive. And so now explain I spent, what boundaries are, would you, for those who are looking for a nice, succinct uh, definition, what is a boundary? You know, that's a great question. It, it is simply put, it's knowing a limit. It's knowing your limit about something or specifically something, okay? And um, actually, most people, it's funny, I gave a talk last uh, last evening and I had a woman say to me, I never even heard of the word boundaries until recently, which I thought was fascinating. Yeah. Um, and, and so many people feel the same way. She is not the first person who has told me that. So I learned the word boundary as a very generic term. It was, called, it was said to me as, set your boundaries. And I'm like, well, what does that mean? Right. Set my boundaries about what? And how, and with whom, and where, and how will I know? So it came about after the death of my partner, and um, I spent many years researching it and then putting it into a system that could be easily replicated and understood. Now, one thing I will say in terms of my definition of boundaries, if I can weigh in quickly, it's where you end and I begin, and being able to be clear where you end and I begin, because myself, I suffered from a lack of boundaries. I'm the second child of seven, a family of nine people, and all of us living in a relatively small space for a large family like that, there were no boundaries. I shared a room and a bed with my older sister, and she had cuter clothes than I did. I didn't know that boundaries (laughs) meant I shouldn't take her clothes and wear them. And she would get very upset about it. And I was like, well, what's the big deal? It's just your clothes. So I didn't learn about boundaries till later when I actually, after I was married and I was managing everything about my husband's life, including his clothes, guess what, his <laughs> pattern, I went to Al-Anon for five and a mm. half years to learn how to mind my own freaking business and not try to manage somebody else's life and certainly not to go in somebody else's closet anymore. <laughs> so, guys, well, if you're you wondering know, the practical applications of boundaries, it can be at that level. 
It can be, and often is, at very simple uh, things that we take for granted in, in daily life, but that trigger us, that push our buttons. Yeah, so if something's pushing your button, there may be a need for a boundary. So, Julie, give us an example of how a boundary uh, could be violated and how you would encourage people to set a boundary and to do it without guilt, as the title of your book says. Right. Well, you know, I think a common or more practical one for people may be things that take place in the workplace. Um, Often we work harder and harder and harder and don't say no to the boss for fear of uh, either not getting the raise, um, you know, feeling like we're afraid we might lose our job if we set a limit or a boundary on what we can do or are willing to do. And so just being clear about what you are willing to take on and when you can do it, (coughs) pardon me, is um, is a good step in the right direction of setting boundaries that will help somebody feel really good about the work that they are doing and not feel fearful that they're going to lose so their job. So how would you do that? What would you say to the boss if you're setting a boundary with the boss about not going down that road of basically using up all of your time and energy and resources so there's nothing left I'm- for you? I'm so glad you asked that because it is really an important um, scenario for, for a lot of people. And so often there are bosses that just say, here, can you do this, can you do that, or I need this done by this time. And the response can be, that looks like a big project. I'm so glad you told me about this. I'm not sure that I have enough time to complete it in the manner that you want. Can we discuss it further? So it starts out with an acknowledgement of what the the ask is or what the possible boundary violation is. Because when a boss says, Here, I, here's the project and I need it done and I don't care what it takes for you to do it, whether spoken or implied, there needs to be a conversation about it. And it doesn't have to be one that feels threatening to either party. It's simply gathering more information. I talk about it in my book as kind of a brainstorming event of setting expectations. Let's talk about what your expectation is about this, boss, and let's see if it's realistic. And if it's not, how we can make it happen and be accomplished when you want it or as close as possible. So basically, you're not only clarifying what they need and want, but you're saying, I just noticed you use the word we. How can Mm -hmm. we figure this out so you can get what you want and need so that they're part of the process of saying, you know, it's going to take X number of hours. This is really what's going to work. And for it to be a great project, it's going to need da-da-da-da-da-da-da input from other people. So I like that because together you're solving the issue instead of somebody storming off saying this is impossible, can't be done being angry, then both people are disappointed. Exactly. I like that process, Julie. Is there something else that you want to include? Yeah, it just, it, what happens generally for most people is that something comes up unexpected and they get triggered. And so what I really like to impart to people Now, when is, you say get triggered, break that down a little bit. 
Yeah, triggers a big, it's a big word and it's a big issue and often there are big underlying feelings underneath it. And everybody has their own sense of what gets triggered for them, but it, it might, if a boss came to somebody and their subordinate and said, I need this project done and I need it done now, um, the trigger might be, if I say no to this, I'm going to be fired. And I can't be fired because I have a family support. So there's layers of what goes on underneath, right? And so what I really teach my clients and students is you have to become aware, first and foremost, about what's getting triggered. When you are triggered, then you need to stop that knee-jerk response. That is first and foremost about setting boundaries. That is the rule. It's identifying the trigger, becoming aware of what is being triggered, and how you can stop the knee-jerk response and the escalation. That's so important because most people are not aware that we all have, I call them subconscious landmines, and if somebody steps on your little landmine and you blow up or you shut down or you go into a pouting state or whatever it is, you you need to look at your own triggers, and those are the things that habitually will set you off, whether it's at work or relationship. So, Julie, I want to segue into relationship because mm-hmm. here at Modern Love Radio, we do focus a lot on relationships. Now, you have six steps in your book. Tell us how those six steps apply to relationships as well as the workplace. Well, my system is called the Taylor System, and it's an acronym for for Taylor. T is for trigger, A is for acknowledgement, I is for issue, as we just spoke about some of those. L is for language. Um, I think I left out the, no, I said I. L is for language, O is for outcome, and R is for response. And in any relationship, you're looking at all of those things. All of those things are part of a relationship, whether empowered, confident, and successful, or the opposite. Of course, we want to have an outcome of a successful, happy, um, co-collaborative relationship. And so all of these steps taken either individually or, of course, as the six-step program are definitely part of a successful relationship. And it doesn't matter what the relationship is. We are in relationship all the time with different people. So these steps can be used in different forms and in different relationships all of the time. That totally makes sense. Totally makes sense to me. Run those six things again, because I know there are people taking notes. I'm taking notes. We want to remember that. And everybody, you can get those in Julie's book. I think the book is one we should have on our shelves. It's how to say no without guilt. And It's actually what... just say no without guilt, but yes. Right. Um, right. Say so no without is... guilt. Love it. Yeah, T is for trigger, as I mentioned earlier. What triggers you to either shut down or act out? Mm-hmm. A is for awareness and acknowledgement. I is for the underlying issue and then utilizing your intuition. L is for language. It's discovering and cultivating more resourceful and useful and helpful language. O is for the outcome you want. 
And R is for a much more resourceful, empowered response. Boy, do we ever need that in our love lives. I have to get on my little soapbox here for just a moment. One of the keys here in our modern love training, whether it's in our True Love, True Prosperity Mastermind program or our monthly trainings or teleseminars is over and over again. Everybody knows this. I say learn better, love better. We don't get training to look at our triggers, awareness, issues, learn language that actually works. You know, most of us are heavy on what I call the five C's. Criticism, control, combativeness, things like that are the C's rather than changing our language to what works, which would be the five A's. And awareness is one of those. So I I really like this system. I think there's a lot of meat on this bone, Julie, and I hope everybody, whether you're vegan or not, is going to consume some of this. So (laughs) what what would you say uh, have been the most success, I would say, the things you've taught your clients that have led to the greatest success they've experienced? You know, I I really appreciate that question. And what I tell my clients first and foremost, first and foremost, is that you need to start where you are and we need to break the cycle of this knee-jerk response that is such a self-sabotaging pattern. And in my book, I give my seven magic words to help break that self-sabotaging pattern and build a new knee-jerk response until we can really learn and work on and develop more resourceful language. And and I would love to give out my seven magic words. Yes, please. You're going to give us the seven magic words? Let's have them. They are, hmm, I'd like to think about this. Oh, that's great. And they're very specific and deliberate, (laughs) so I ask people not to change them, and they are very purposeful. So. It's really, Brenda, Dr. Brenda, what I call a, a stopgap phrase. We can't go from being a people pleaser to a confident no in, you know, a short time frame. It just doesn't right. happen. But if you stop and think about it and really get clear what you need, you can then get to what the boundary needs to be. I like it. And what are exactly. the rest of those steps? the rest of the steps for... Or the seven? Are you going to give us seven? Oh, they're my seven magic words. Seven magic words. Good. Yeah. Hmm. I'd like to think about it. I'd oh, like those to think are the about... seven magic words. Got it. Yeah. Got it. Got it. I'd like to think about this. Okay. Those are the seven magic words, everybody. You might <laughs> want to write that down. I am. I'd like to yeah. think about it because it gives us time to reflect. And exactly. And the reflection. Exactly be true to ourselves. Exactly. And this is what we need instead of that knee-jerk response. We need time to pause. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You know, you're putting your finger on something I've observed with the couples that I work with, whether private practice or in our trainings. Most people are not aware that the knee-jerk reaction isn't even them. It's what they mm. learned most of us are running the patterns that we learned in childhood because 
the child's brain is highly programmable. We just absorb what mom did or dad did or whoever was around. We absorb it, and then boom, out it comes. Out it comes. So true, Dr. Brenda, so true. Anger is the first thing that comes out if that's what you grew up with. Shutting down is the first thing, or coldness is the first thing. Or you might have flipped a 180, and maybe you had a very angry, controlling parent, and then you become a raging codependent with no boundaries at all. I know, that's me. That's what I used to do. So very important, we're all, all of us evolving. That's what we're here for, everybody. And that's what we dedicate modern love training and our modern love podcast that you're listening to right now. We dedicate it to our evolution and our growth. And there's a lot here in terms of growing into healthy boundary settings. So what do you want to leave us with, Julie? I really just like to leave everybody with a, a question, and that is, where are you saying yes when you really want to say no? Because when you do that, you give a really valuable part of yourself away. And we want to really stop that from happening. So it's just a reflective question, and then we can move on from there. Beautiful. Beautiful. I love that question. Where are you saying yes when you really need to say no? Those healthy boundaries at the end of the day, this kind of makes me circle back to that question that we got from one of our listeners about letting her husband back in when he's cheated. There need to be some pretty strong boundaries in place in a relationship, and it's really good to set those, everybody, early on. These are the things that work for me in relationship. These are the things that don't work. For example, cheating. And that's a very strong boundary. And I want to know how you feel about that boundary and what it would take to make sure that we put that boundary in place. Because almost any relationship where there's cheating is going to fall pretty heavily on those rocks that can break it. So be clear about your boundaries, whether it's love or work, everyone. And let me tell you again, you can grab Julie Hawkins' book. It's called Say No Without Guilt. And Julie, what is your website? How do people get in touch with you? Thank you for asking. It is juliehawkins, H-A-W-K-I-N-S, dot com. juliehawkins.com, everyone. All right, modern lovers, Go to Eventbrite right now if you have decided that 2020 is the year that you are going to learn better and love better as a result. And join us February 8th for our annual, this is our biggest event of the year, dedicated to love. And it's just before Valentine's Day, so it's a great time to upgrade your love skills so that you have the best love and the best sex of your entire life, starting in 2020, working with myself and our wonderful author and sex expert. And you'll find out more about that. Hit us back at love at docway.com or any social media platform. And if you know you're really ready to have that huge up-level, go right this minute to Eventbrite, grab your ticket, Big thank you to our guest, Julie Hawkins, again to our 
our executive producer, Cliff Dunning. And to you, modern lovers, thank you for being on the journey of creating great love in your life. And see you next time. Blessings. <laughs>